0: Welcome to Working for Women, the Independent Women's Forum podcast, where we are changing the conversation about women and public policy for the better.
1: Hey, everyone. I'm Julie Gunlock with the Independent Women's Forum and your host for today's Working for Women podcast. Today, I'm here with Jennifer Braceres, who's a senior fellow at the Independent Women's Forum. She's also a political columnist and a former commissioner of the U.S. Commission on Civil Rights. Jennifer graduated from Harvard Law School in 1994, and she went on to practice labor and employment law. She's taught classes on civil rights and constitutional law at both Boston College Law School and Suffolk University Law School. Jennifer also served, this is very cool, Jennifer also served as a staff assistant uh, to Vice President Dan Quayle. As a columnist, Jennifer often writes about law, politics, and culture, and specifically focuses on education, Title IX, media bias, and the Politics of Judicial Nominations and Confirmations, which is weird. I can't imagine there being any politics involved in that, Jennifer. But anyway, uh, her, her work has appeared in the Wall Street Journal, National Review Online, the Boston Globe, the Boston Herald, the Washington Times, and the Weekly Standard. And on top of all of that, she lives in Boston with her husband and four children, which is very impressive. So, Jennifer, thanks for joining me today. Thank you. So today we're going to be talking about the opioid crisis in America, significant uh, crisis going currently going on in America, and then more specifically, Jennifer and I are going to be talking about the lawsuits um, that have been filed against pharmaceutical companies by cities, counties, states, and Native American tribes, and now possibly the federal government. Um, the lawsuits essentially. Have been filed against these pharmaceutical companies uh, based on on the theory that they are responsible for the opioid crisis entirely. Uh, so Jennifer and I uh, will get into that. So so Jennifer, um, I I do I do want to talk. You know I want to get into the nitty gritty about the lawsuits. But first, um, mm-hmm. and I you know I don't think people live under a rock or don't understand that this uh, opioid crisis is going on. But I think one thing that's really important when you talk about the lawsuits and when you when you talk about you know sort of legal action against these companies is is understanding just what a big problem this really is in the country um and that's i think really just important because um it is i think you know i think the word crisis is the right word to use so if you could give listeners just an idea of you know how big this crisis is and how difficult it really is to solve
0: i do think that's right julie i think almost everybody you talk to knows somebody who's been affected by this in one way or another Um, and that, you know, sort of is the tipping point for me, right? When, when everyone you meet knows somebody, um, who struggled with, with addiction to opioids or even knows somebody who's overdosed on them or passed away from an overdose, you know, you have a real crisis on your hands. Yeah. Um, so it is, it is a problem and, you know, communities are struggling with it all across the country. Um, but I think... The issue is how do we solve it, not how do we how do governments and plaintiffs' lawyers get rich off it, right? We should be right. focusing on how to help
1: people. Well, that's that's a good segue into these lawsuits because that's uh but we're talking hundreds of lawsuits now that have been filed against pharmaceutical companies. Give our listeners a little an overview of that. And I wanna make I wanna be clear here too. Um, You know, we're going to talk about this briefly, but Jennifer has written extensively on this. All of her writing can be found at IWF.org. Jennifer, you've written a legal brief on this. You recently wrote an op-ed for National Review Online. Um, Give us an overview of the lawsuits. And then first, just the lawsuits themselves that have been filed and sort of the strategy um, that's being employed. Um, And then then after that, we can talk about Trump's recent uh, comments.
0: Sure. So there are, by the most recent estimation, at least 1,000 lawsuits currently filed against various pharmaceutical companies, um, as well as the distributors of these legal pain medications. And the lawsuits are filed primarily by government entities, so counties, cities, towns, state governments, Um, and the lawsuits are seeking billions of dollars in in damages and money. So the governments are are essentially saying that the pharmaceutical companies owe them billions of dollars to pay for the cost of law enforcement, prisons, health care, addiction treatment, the whole gamut of social services that they say they've had to spend more money on since the opioid epidemic broke,
1: right. Um, so, tell me a little bit about you, what you've written in your legal brief about why this is a violation of sort of a It's it. It brings up constitutional issues and certainly you know legal issues. But tell us a little bit why you think these lawsuits really aren't a good uh, good idea. It's not a, a sort of a, a good path to go down.
0: So the main point is that these are civil suits and they're seeking. Huge financial payouts, and essentially, from you know a, a constitutional and public policy perspective, government shouldn't be getting money from the private sector unless they're taxing the private sector. Right? Typically, the way it works is, if the government needs more money, they raise taxes on individuals or corporations. And, you know, those are decisions that are that are democratically enacted and that, you know, the politicians have to face the voters afterwards. And, you know, if people agree that taxes should be raised, then fine. And and if they don't, there might be political repercussions. This is using the legal system um, to raise money, essentially, to pay for government services, many of which they would have to pay anyway. So, for example, you know, they have to pay the salary of the chief of police and all of the officers who work for the police department, regardless of whether those officers are focusing on opioids or whether they're right. focusing on, you know, gang violence or whether they're focusing on whatever, burglaries, right? There, right? Those costs remain remain even. So why should Purdue Pharma have to pay the city of Boston to reimburse them for the cost of law enforcement
1: you know it's interesting you call it in your op-ed and national review you call it extortion you call it sort of a shakedown and i think that's very valid because one of the things and you mentioned in your piece as well that many of these cities and states have hired the same company or the same law firms uh, that sued the tobacco companies and that's really what we're seeing here right we're seeing a lot of uh, these cities and towns uh, rather cities and counties um, looking for that tobacco-style payout, right? right? They're using that. Playbook. Right. So this
0: has become a cottage industry of plaintiffs' lawyers who hire themselves out to governments. So here you have your tax dollars at work paying for, you know, these lawyers, their base costs, and then they're going to get hugely rich off these settlements from from you know, these lawsuits, the thing is, the thing about it is that legally they don't really have a very strong case. And even in the tobacco cases, uh, which were much stronger than the opioid cases, but we can get into that in a minute, um, even in the tobacco cases, no court ever held that Philip Morris and the other tobacco companies were legally liable to the states. What happened was, and the reason I call it extortion, is that these lawyers and these these governments made it so expensive um, and so chaotic to fight these lawsuits in hundreds of jurisdictions, in state courts, in federal courts, all over the country, that they basically made the cost of litigation so expensive that the companies settled it to put a stop to it. So the lawsuits themselves became a nuisance. And that's what's happening in the opioid cases. Hundreds of these cases are consolidated before a single judge in Ohio. And that judge has said very explicitly, I don't ever expect these cases to go to trial. These cases are a tool for extracting a settlement from the, the pharmaceutical companies. Now, if that's not extortion, I don't know what is.
1: Right, exactly. And you know what's so sad, too, is, and and it's really interesting because they're using the tobacco playbook, and yet it's not tobacco we're talking about. Cigarette companies produce things that have absolutely – cigarette companies produce combustible cigarettes, which have absolutely no health benefits. These things do nothing but – combustible cigarettes, traditional combustible cigarettes do nothing but kill people. There's no benefit to them, whereas pharmaceutical companies – actually do produce things, vaccines, pain medications like opioids, opioids do, act, I mean, what's lost in this, I think, is not, you've got this idea that opioids are just bad. Well, they're not. I mean, they're cancer right. patients who can live, you know, can, can still work, can still live productive lives while they're getting cancer treatments because they're using some, some opioids that help them with the pain. I mean, you know, people have, get in car accidents and have to live with chronic pain for the rest of their lives, and opioids really help them. Um, so that's also frustrating and, and just one question about the tobacco lawsuit, the the firms. Am I right in that the tobacco payouts, very little of that actually went to help, you know, people smoke stop smoking or cancer patients or people who were harmed by t- by tobacco or by cigarettes. I hate to say tobacco, but cigarettes. Isn't that true? It was just a yeah, big no, money. Maker. There's
0: so much to unpack there in what you just said, but <laughs> to answer to answer that your precise question A very, very, very small percentage of the billions of dollars that the tobacco companies paid to the states went to prevention um, and smoking, you know, health-related things. Most of it went entirely to plug budget shortfalls and basically just went into the general operating budget of the state to pay for regular government services.
1: Right and, and so, billions went to, and billions went to lawyers, and so
0: and billions went to lawyers, and the other thing is that these tobacco settlements, the states have become dependent on that as a source yes. of income. So, so in budgeting, um, you know those payments, which have been made over the course of many years, they've come to count on them, and now that they're starting to run out, a lot of these jurisdictions are trying to find ways you know, to make up that money. That's why they're going after the pharmaceutical companies because they
1: need another stream of income. Yeah. Yeah, we're seeing this also. I don't want to get into this issue, but we're also seeing this on the climate change issue. We have a lot of cities and states that are suing uh oil companies um, uh, claiming that they alone are uh, to blame for climate change it's absurd of course but we're seeing this type of lawsuit being used again as a revenue as a new revenue stream um, you know and, and look you know this is you're right that they became dependent on for instance tobacco money and now that's running out and so they, they are looking for these other streams let's talk really quickly about um, what President Trump recently said about these lawsuits he sort of uh, he, 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 he suggested they might actually sue isn't that correct he did yeah he's been hinting at it
0: for a while and in a recent cabinet meeting he directed attorney general sessions to um, file a, a federal civil case against the pharmaceutical companies um, similar to the ones that have already been filed by you know the hundreds and hundreds of Cities and counties and, and states. So basically, just jumping on the bandwagon and I guess seeing if the federal government can get a piece of the pie.
1: Now, I just I think this is my, my last question, but I do want to talk about sort of this whole idea of blaming one entity, that is the opioid, uh, the, um, the pharmaceutical companies, right. on the opioid crisis. What is the basis of that charge?
0: so the the legal argument in most of these types of cases, whether it's pharmaceuticals, tobacco, big oil, any of these things um, the the standard claim is public nuisance, and the argument there is that whomever they're suing created a public nuisance um, and and you know the, the that's against the law now, public nuisance law. Wasn't invented for this purpose. It's not typically used for this purpose. But the usual public nuisance case is let's say you have a company who's polluting um, the drinking water of a community, right? right? That causes a public nuisance because it affects everyone in the community, um, right. not just some people, but any single person who turns on the tap. Um, and in those cases, the government could bring a suit to stop the company from polluting and to get them to clean it up, right? They wouldn't be suing them to pay for, you know, the cost of running the government. They wouldn't be seeking a financial income stream off it. They would just be suing for them to, you know, essentially cease and desist and clean up your mess. Um, So that's, that legal doctrine isn't really applicable to pharmaceutical companies. Um, but again, as I said earlier, whether or not the cases have legal merit is not really the point. The point is to kick up enough dust, make life complicated enough and
1: expensive enough for the pharmaceutical
0: companies that they cave.
1: Right. Well, wow. You know, Jennifer, you have been such uh, a helpful guest on this, um, on this podcast just to explain this issue. It's a really complicated issue um, and it's 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 a it's it's a tough issue because again I think um you know obviously everybody sympathizes and like you said maybe even knows someone who's had a problem um with opioids and so this is a it is a really important issue but again um these lawsuits are not not the way um to solve the problem and I think um the work that you're doing is really helpful in shedding light on on this sort of lawsuit abuse so thanks so much for joining me
0: No problem, Julie. It's
1: great to talk to you. Well, this has been another edition of IWF's Working for Women podcast. And for those who listen, thank you for your time. Please come and learn more and consider making a donation to support our work at IWF.org. Thank you.
0: If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, please give it a thumbs up, share it on social media, or stop by IWF.org for similar content.